welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? NBA draft special. Woohoo! Um, it is June 23rd, which is National Pink Day. Right. <laughs> so wear some pink. Yeah, wear pink. Eat watermelon. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Drink some pink lemonade. Yeah, do do whatever you do to get the pink. So today we'll do Sky's scoreboard stumper. We'll do our flex seal. We've got four notable jabronis, all NFL themed. Uh, We'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Minute Bowl. We'll get that scoreboard stumper answer. We'll play Chasing the Mendoza line. We'll go to church. We've got two shampoos, and we'll send you on your merry little way. So, without further ado, hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right, let's do some NBA draft trivia here. I want to know which team drafted Chris Webber number one overall in 1993 and then immediately traded him to the Golden State Warriors. Was it the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Vancouver Grizzlies, the Miami Heat, or the Orlando Magic? It was... I want to say it was the first one. Who, just, who was the first one again? Uh, I said the Minnesota Timberwolves. The T-Wolves. I'm going to say the T-Wolves. you saying T-Wolves? All right. Okay. We'll get the scoreboard stumper after the deep dive on Manute Bull. Moving on to Flex Seal of the Week. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is Carson Wentz. Uh, Commander's new quarterback. He's been there for a little while, but he's our Flex Seal of the Week because he's being praised for his play in training camp. Ron Rivera even went so far as to call him brilliantly smart. Right. That kind of smart. Brilliantly smart. Brilliantly smart. Smarter than smart. Wait till he's not wearing a red jersey in practice, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> he returned to the NFC East, first of all. So he already played there. These, I mean, the Cowboys already know you, man. Giants already know you, man. Like, they know your tendencies. They're going to get at you. The Eagles know you, too. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles damn sure know you. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that is um, that is quite the publicity stunt, and we're not falling for it. Yeah. Okay, moving on to notable jabronis. First one up, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Uh, Giants running back. <laughs> uh, football Giants running back. He loses five million dollars in endorsement money investing in Bitcoin. Yeah, he got ten million uh, for different ads for like Pepsi and Adidas or something like that, and he put he transferred ten million of his endorsement money into Bitcoin, and since then he's lost five million of that money. Ouch! Genius pants, man. Of all the injuries he's sustained in his career, that's got to be one of the worst ones. <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to the next notable jabroni, another running back, Herschel Walker. <laughs> Herschel Walker has a lot of secret children. Yes, he does. He has a lot, a lot of secrets. <laughs> like how he uh, didn't finish valedictorian. He didn't graduate from Georgia University. Uh, and now he has hidden children that he wasn't telling anyone about. 
I just watched Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn on HBO the other day. That's what it reminds me of. I just picture him going and like making up lost time with each yeah. secret kid. I mean, uh, Herschel Walker is always, you know, he was he was inducted during Jaberni History Month for a reason. <laughs> yeah, now he's like campaigning. Yeah, and he was he's always spoke out against um, like uh, black kids who grow up without fathers. He always speaks out against it. And you're like, uh, hello, <laughs> this is a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Herschel Walker, we've been done with you. Um, next up, Daniel Schneider. Um. Uh, Back to the commanders. Yep. They're uh, head commander. The, head, the commander uh, of the commanders. <laughs> commander of the commanders. <laughs> Daniel Snyder won't testify. <laughs> yeah, he won't testify for a, um, a House committee investigating um, the horrible culture known to permeate through the building for the commanders previously the Redskins. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Snyder's lawyer released this statement. I want to get into this sound clip right here because this is what matters to me. It says, quote, the Snyders and the team remain fully willing to cooperate with the committee and are eager to share the cultural transformation undertaken by the commanders if the committee is interested in obtaining that information in a manner consistent with appropriate due process and fairness protections. Okay. Right. So you're being investigated for past discretions, but you want to talk about the transformation that's taken place in the building. Now, this isn't about now jackass. (laughs) 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 This is about like sexual assault allegations, um, like shredding documents, you know, (laughs) but no, let's talk about Carson Wentz. Yeah. Let's talk about Carson Wentz. Yeah. (laughs) He's brilliantly smart. (laughs) He's wicked smart. Wicked smart. All right. We're done with you. Daniel Schneider done. All right. Uh, final notable jabroni this week. Uh, Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. is being made fun of uh, by fans for claiming he is a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Sure. All right. So uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um, Devontae Parker. Um, I'll go same team. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Terry McCollin. <laughs> uh, let's get... Um, Jamar Chase. Stefan Diggs. Um, so that's six. Yeah. I mean, we can we can keep going here. You haven't uh, even mentioned Cooper Cup. I would say <laughs> I'd say even Valdez Scanlon's better than this guy. <laughs> okay. T. Higgins. Calm uh, down. <laughs> I don't know about Scanling, but I mean there's still plenty more. Cooper Cup. Um, Robert Woods, even when he's healthy. Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Hollywood Brown. I'd rather have Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, DJ Shark, uh, Chris Godwin. Um, Fuck, Antonio Brown's better than you. <laughs> inactive Antonio Brown. I'd still rather have than Chase Claypool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Chase Claypool, we are so done with you. So done. <laughs> um, moving on to our hall of fame inductee, Manute Bowl. Manute Bull was born October 16th, 1962 in Turali, Sudan to Madute and Akwak Bull. The name Manute means, means special blessing. 
and he was part of the ethnic group, the Dinka, of the, of the Nilotic people, who are among the tallest populations in the world. Ball's mother was six foot ten, and his father and sister were both six foot eight. It, but his grandfather stood at seven foot ten. Wow. Yeah. As a youth, Manute played soccer, but abandoned it at age ten because he was already too tall. Manute was born in a village where he couldn't measure himself, but learned in 1979 that he was seven foot seven. In his later adolescence, Manute started playing basketball with teams in Wow and Khartoum, where he experienced racism from the northern Sudanese. Coach Don Feely, a former basketball coach for Fairleigh Dickinson University, came to Sudan to coach the Sudanese national team in 1982, where he met Manute. After seeing him play, Feely convinced Manute to play hoops in the States, and following Feely's input, Manute landed in... Cleveland. Yeah. According to Cleveland State's head coach, Kevin Mackey, Bull could not provide a record of his birth date, and his passport listed him at five foot two. <laughs> Bull insisted he had been sitting down when measured by Sudan officials. <laughs> Bull would not play a single game for Cleveland State, but with ESL classes, he progressed his English and declared his intent to play pro ball in the NBA. The Los Angeles Clippers would draft Benute with the 97th pick in the 1983 NBA draft. But because he had not declared 45 days prior to the draft, the pick was ruled invalid. Minute enrolled at the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut, a Division school, a Division II school, and played for the Purple Knights for the 84-85 season. On the year, he averaged 22.5 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, and 7.1 blocks per game. Wow. Finally, Minute was ready for the big time, and he signed with the Rhode Island Island Gulls. Yeah, that was the team name. Of the United States Basketball League. <laughs> Scouts suggested that Minute needed another year or two of college, but Bull opted to play in the USBL Spring League in order to earn money to get his sister out of Sudan, which was in a state of political unrest at, t at the time. After the Spring League, Manute was officially in the NBA when the Washington Bullets drafted him with the 31st overall pick in the 85 draft. Manute appeared in 80 games in his rookie season, and his first career start on December 12th, he set a franchise record with 12 blocks Jesus. and scored a career-high 18 points. He, will, he would total 397 blocks, setting the NBA rookie record, and remains the second-highest season total in league history behind Mark Eaton's 456 blocks in the 84-85 season. 456 blocks. It's a lot. <laughs> Minute was a dominant blocker, towering at 7'7", seven seven, but he weighed 180 pounds and had a 31-inch waist. I have a 31-inch waist. <laughs> <laughs> By 1987, he bulked up to 200 pounds, and the Bullets drafted point guard Muggsy Bogues, pairing the tallest and shortest players in the league together for the 87 season. Bull was then traded to the Golden State Warriors, and his first year as a Warrior, he attempted three-pointers regularly. Must be in the water out yeah. there. He blocked 345 shots for the 88-89 season and went 20 for 91 from the three-point land. Respectable for a 7'7 seven seven guy. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ugliest shot. He was throwing it down. He had to throw it down. <laughs> yeah. It was the ugliest shot in league history, probably. Manute was traded to the 76ers in 1990 and would play there for three seasons, but his play was in decline. In his last season as a 76er, 
Manute went an amazing 6-for-12 from three-point range in a loss to his former teammate and friend Charles Barkley in the Suns. Bull would bounce between the Miami Heat, the Bullets again, the 76ers again, and finally would return to the Warriors all within a year. He would show up in the Bay Area as a rejuvenated player, making more shots from the field and remaining a strong defensive force, and of course, taking the ugliest three-point shots in the league. Unfortunately, Manute would suffer an NBA career-ending injury in November of 1994. He finishes NBA career with 1,599 points, 2,647 rebounds, and 2,086 blocks, appearing in 624 games over 10 seasons. He remains the only player to retire with more blocked sh- shots than points scored. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great stat. But the most surprising thing in that entire paragraph you just read was that Charles Barkley has a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout his playing career and well after retirement, Manute spent much of the money he made supporting charitable causes to assist the people of Sudan. At refugee camps, he was treated like royalty, and he established the Rain True Foundation to continue fundraising for Sudanese refugees. In 2002, Fox Broadcasting agreed to broadcast the foundation's phone number in exchange for Manute's appearance on their brief show, Celebrity Boxing. <laughs> Manute scored a third-round victory over William the Fridge Perry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to go watch that on YouTube. Got to. Bull also suited up in full hockey gear and even in horse jockey regalia to raise money for the children of Sudan. On June 19, 2010, Manute Bull passed away from acute kidney failure and complications from Stevens Johnson syndrome. He was 47 and buried in South Sudan. To this day, Manute Bull and George Marison are the two tallest players in NBA history. But Manute's heart was as big as he was tall. And for that, he is a legend. Absolutely. Truly a legend. Some cool footnotes here. Um, After he suffered his NBA career-ending injury, he played in like a semi-pro league with Daryl Dawkins. Uh, Manute played for the Florida Beach Dogs. <laughs> it was like uh, it was like one of those like random shows on ESPN two that had like twenty games in the season. Daryl Dawkins is a future inductee, isn't he? Oh, Chocolate Thunder! Fuck yeah, he's on our list. He's on our short list. Um, Manute, of course, had to deal with the same kind of stuff, like you know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had to deal with. You know, people gawked at how tall he was. And uh, uh, an old woman came up to him in a Florida airport and said, how tall are you? And he said, I didn't ask you how fat you are. <laughs> wow. He was frustrated by it. Um, he, he was a practical joker. Um, like I said, he is friends with Bar- He was friends with Barkley. Um, Charles had some very nice things to say about him, about how, you know, a, a world with Manupal is a world you want to be in. Um, but Manute practical joke to the point where he called when he was teammates with Chris Mullins, he would call Chris Mullins chalk because <laughs> of how white Chris Mullins was. <laughs> chalk. Um, just the last few things. He's uh, first in career blocks per minute for blocked more shots than anybody. Yeah. And uh, per rate. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. A massive rate. Um, and he, he, Gave roughly $3.5 million of his earnings from the NBA to Sedan. That's insane. Um, yeah, and if you can look it up, there's a really hilarious Beavis and Butthead reference from like the original Beavis and Butthead. Um, yeah, they, they reference Manute Bull. It's great. <laughs> Just YouTube it. It's, it's excellent. All right. Manute Bull, truly a legend. 
Uh, let's move on to Scotty's scoreboard stumper answer. All right. Hit me with it. So I wanted to know which team drafted Chris Webber number one overall in 1993 and then immediately traded him to the Minnesota... Sorry. <laughs> immediately traded him to the Golden State Warriors. Was it the Minnesota Timberwolves? Was it the Vancouver Grizzlies, not the Memphis Grizzlies? The Miami Heat or the Orlando Magic? I said I had said the T Wolves, but yeah. now I'm thinking, was it the Heat? No, it was the Magic. It was the Magic. <laughs> it was the Magic. It was the ma- so. I think about that. I think like to the year before that, they had drafted Shaq. What do you? What year did Shaq get drafted? Like nine, ninety one, ninety two. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly. I don't know, but that would have been a power duo there. Yeah. That would have been scary. It would have been scarier than Penny and Penny and Shaq to me. It, to me. Yeah. All right. Hot take. Um, <laughs> moving on to chasing the Mendoza line. All right. We track the major league baseball players that are striving for the low bar of mediocrity when it comes to hitting. Um, We've got some new names. Some names left the list. We're down to six people right now. Chasing right. the Mendoza line. Down from seven. Filing it down. Um, a newcomer. Uh, Arizona first baseman Christian Walker. Oh, okay. So he's got 18 home runs this year. Damn. But because of this past week, he's down to 199. Uh, in the last week, he's three of 23. Ouch. They're all home runs. <laughs> <laughs> so he hit 130 last week. So that's why he's down to 199. That's some Gino Suarez numbers right there, yeah, buddy. So um, he's at 199. So he'll probably climb out of it here soon. <laughs> um, next up, um, we've got a we got a comeback story here. Spencer Torkelson. Oh, he's up 17 points to 198. <laughs> He is uh, 7 of 25 this week uh, for a 280 average. All right. So the former first overall pick, you know, getting it together. Yeah, he's, he's, he has more of a hockey name than a Major League Baseball name. Spencer yeah. Torkelson sounds like a guy who's about to push you into the boards. with Or his tennis, life. maybe? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> or go- golf. Golf. I, I see golf, too. Very white name. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Pavin Smith, Pavin Smith, Arizona, right fielder, Pavin Smith. D-backs on the list, all right. Yeah, another one. Um, he's at 196. He's on this list He because he's 3 of 24 in the last week, 125 average. Ouch. So, um, yeah, he just dipped down below the Mendoza line, these Arizona guys. So... Probably just a rough week for these guys. They'll probably bounce back. Uh, it's probably because they're like probably pay, playing the Dodgers all week or the the, the Padres. Yeah. And they, just, they, I mean, facing bat hard. I mean, actually, weren't they playing the Reds? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, Jonathan Scope still here. He's still below the Mendoza yeah. line. Uh, he's playing first base for Detroit this year. Clean it up. But he's up to 195. He's up seven Ooh. points. Seven of 28 for a 250 average. And that's, you know, like we were saying last week, he just kind of a late bloomer usually. He gets that average up pretty good. Yeah, Detroit has a really um, Detroit has a really weak offense. They strike out, I think, most in the league right now. Yeah, well, 
Start pitchers against them if you play Let's fantasy. Let's go up to 195. So we got three guys, four guys that are within five points All right. of getting out of it. Now we're hitting um, last week's lowest batting average. Trent Grisham, San Diego center fielder. He's up nine points to 188. So he's turning it around as well. In the last week, he's seven of 28, two home runs, 258 average. So... So he's on, well on his way as well. You got to pick it up. Yeah. If we're still waiting on Tatis to come back, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> and last and certainly least, uh, Max Muncie has enough at best to qualify again. <laughs> he's at 153. Yes, he is. He had in his last 53 at bats. We're going to go back to the last two weeks. He has seven hits and 15 strikeouts in his last 53 at bats for a 132 average. So he's at 153, and he's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. I can't decide if I should start him against Tyler Malley tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Red's pitching has been unpredictable. Yeah, and Malley's it's, been and, good lately. In though. Great American Ballpark, you hit it far enough, it might go out. Yeah. All right, well, cheers to you guys chasing the Mendoza line. Yeah. Hopefully some of you guys find your way out. I think Max Muncy's <laughs> best bet is to just not get enough bats to qualify. He walks a lot. <laughs> I mean, these are official at bats. Yeah. Seven hits and fifty-three official yeah, at bats. Fifteen strikeouts. Fifteen strikeouts. <laughs> I think he did have like something like seventeen walks to go with it. Yeah, too, he has but, a sick amount of walks. But yeah, all right. Moving on to church. A sinner comes before you. We've got a confessional this week. Oh yeah. So, um, red starting pitcher Graham Ashcraft was told to remove his wedding band, and we confess that we didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. It, well, first of all, it, it's not so much that it's like a for like a foreign substance. It's a foreign substance substance on his glove hand. It's his left hand. It's inside the glove, right? And so then you throw the ball with the right hand. <laughs> I guess they're saying because. If he took his hand out of the glove and then sat there and like worked the ball in his hands, he could be shaving pitches with the sure. with the edge put of the some ring. Grooves in it or something. Yeah, put some grooves in it. Like he could be shaving shaving pitches. So yeah, um, I get it, but it's in it's in the glove hand. I don't know. It was like yeah. He the funny thing is um he when the umpire was like you need to take that off and he's like wait what. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess it hadn't been a problem in the past, but congrats to being married. He's like, I wonder if they know I've had it on this entire season. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Maybe he was shaving pitches. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he was pitching so well. All right. Uh, next part of church. We're moving on to thoughts and prayers. Let's start with um, our guy Gronk retiring. Mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, um, Again. Uh, my favorite player. Um, I guess that now will move on to Debo Samuel as yeah. her favorite active player for me. But uh, yeah, he announced he's, co- he's retiring again. Uh, I was hoping he's going to play for the Bengals this year, but you know, whatever. Yeah, maybe we'll have to find a new favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just don't go back to WWE. Just. <laughs> God. Yeah, just like train your mind and body to go win a Super Bowl with the Bengals next yeah, year. Yeah, just like relax. Join the team in like week eight or week nine. Yeah, and then wait till Joey Burrow calls you after the 22 season, <laughs> 2022 season. All right, and then uh, 
much more depressing thoughts and prayers out to the family of Caleb Swanigan, a uh, former Purdue basketball star and first round pick, uh, dies of natural causes at the age of 25. And just nuts. Like nuts. Yeah. So, so yeah. So thoughts and prayers to your family. Um, shampoo. Shampoo. Um, first shampoo is to boxing legend. And Russian citizen <laughs> Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, who has laid out a plan to bring WNBA legend Brittany Griner back home to the U.S. Yeah, I guess Roy enjoys Russia, so whatever. To each their own. <laughs> but if he's got uh, cloud over there, more power to him. Yeah, I mean, you could probably still have a boxing career over there. You know, it's more it's more pre- more prevalent, and there's probably more money in it over there. Whatever. Someone's got to do it. Get man's got to eat. Uh, so yeah, if he can help out with getting Brittany Griner back, that would be excellent. Yeah, in case you haven't followed that story, she brought some weed to Russia, and they just keep pushing back her trial and keeping her of, captive. Yeah, any kind of prisoner release, any kind of anything. So yeah, shampoo to you, Roy Jones Jr. Thank you for stepping it up. Yeah. All right, shampoo to the Mars Volta. The Mars Volta's back. Yes. Shampoo. I don't know why we're talking about on a sports show, but we love the Mars Volta and they are back. Uh, um, uh, like insane. Yeah, shampoo. Shampoo to you, Omar Rodriguez Lopez. <laughs> shampoo to you, Cedric Bixler Zavala. Yeah. Shampoo to you, the Ike of Ike. Aw. <laughs> the ghost of Ike. The ghost of Ike. <laughs> All right, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in next week, Thursday, June 30th, as we induct Ron Washington. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always. Always.